the one of one is missing. Uh uh. I knew something was up. Pop, that's almost twice as much going for the same price. I just freaking love that Raider rookie logo. Doing more buying. Which one of these five quarterbacks? has the worst set of pass catchers to throw the football to. Guess how much I sniped this for an auction. Number to five, you dirty yep. animal. I'm telling you, these optic on-card autos are money. Huh? 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 Let's go! Football cards collecting and investing. What we want you to do at the beginning of today's show in the comment section, or if you're watching this on a live premiere, who is the one player you are buying more of during this cycle than anybody else? Andy, I'm going to throw that question to you right off the jump. Is there someone that you're like, God, this is such a smash for me? Oh, man, I've been so tempted to uh, to start buying Kyle Trask again. man. Uh, uh, you know, no, I, right, right now with so much information coming in from all these different teams i'm trying to take more of an approach of let's see what the market is going to give me let's open my search results by set or maybe just by gold prism which is something that i was doing extensively earlier um and see what the market gives me see what i can find that meet those criteria because it may be a more obscure player but right now is the perfect time to get in on those players and turn them into quick flips Right. So obviously Andy is at Buccaneers practice right now, as you can see in the backdrop. Uh, but if you're listening to this on any podcast platform, let us know. Hit us up on social media, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, because that's what I want to talk about right now. Because it used to be just a month or so ago, prime buying season, you could still buy certain players. But it's also, Andy, a time to potentially sell because the hype for some of these guys is just getting out of control. Yeah, and, and we're in a very interesting time period as well. Hype is absolutely getting out of control when you talk about some guys that haven't even had success on the NFL field. Like you uh, look at the chase for the Kansas City wide receivers. Like people are are just are dead set on finding a breakout wide receiver that's not named Travis Kelsey that plays with Patrick Mahomes. And so uh, you have guys like, uh, you know, Rashi Rice and Justin Ross who've got a lot of hype recently. Or you could look at a lot of uh, different rookies, Carter, that hype has gotten out of control for right now. When I look at their prices, so, for example, Anthony Richardson's uh, rookie premier hollows, those rated rookie hollows that came out, those are now up to over $200. Um, and there's still a question mark around whether or not he's going to start the season over Gardner Minshew. Um, you can definitely see that same hype cooking up for C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, but they've got locked-in starting jobs uh, for their team. So, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting market right now. Um, what? So, and then, like, I've also seen the auction volume. Like, we could talk about the graded card market. I want to talk about that because there's been some shifts now in, in the way those are being deployed to market. And, and auctions and buy it nows and then you're also you have uh, school starting for kids so there's a lot of stuff going on right now right. that i think is is applicable to the market and how it's affecting it yeah i want you to hold on to that thought about the the grading because i'm interested in what you have to say about that but i do want to point out the rookie premier hollows have gone up since 
they were first kind of just out there. Uh, I saw this, you know, before the show began, a Deuce Vaughn rookie premier hollow. We're talking about one of the most undersized running backs. Well, he goes to the Dallas Cowboys. He's had a few training camp highlights, and that is well over $35, which is a lot for a rookie running back. Those cards look really good. They do. They're very simple, but you got that rated rookie logo on it, Andy. So just overall, one thing we one, one thing I've taken away from this, Andy, is any pro uniform card that has a decent design and a decent logo, such as a rated rookie logo on it, people are going to love it. And right now they are loving that card in particular. Yeah, they're really loving that card in particular, Carter. Um, the Bijan Robinson just sold for 120 this wow. was two days ago. You're still finding some wildly different data between buy and now. Like, for example, here's an August 6th Jackson Smith the Jigba, $80 that sold in the buy and now on August 6th. But then you fast forward um, to a, a couple more recent listings. Here's a JSN that sold in an auction from a, a smaller seller in an auction that same day for $20, which is a total anomaly which was an absolute steal that somebody got away with getting that card at $20. Because like you said, even the Deuce Vaughn will sell for $35 in a buy now. He, and Deuce Vaughn looks absolutely tiny on, yeah. on the practice field with the other players. Um, and like Jordan Addison, a $30 card, even Will Anderson, a defensive player, um, still going for $25 to $30. And I look, go back to, the auctions that ended Monday for DC Sports 87, the Dalton Kincaid went for 65. The Season Stroud went for 140. The Bryce Young, 225. The Will Levis, 51. Uh, but the Anthony Richardson went for $340. Mm. That's a lot. That is an absolute lot. Um, so, I uh, since, since you are still on the road here, you are still under the weather. Um, I, I'm going to try and share my screen here. Let me see if you can do it on on your end because I know it's probably hard for you to screen share. There you go. And you're looking at it right now. So just to um, let you guys know, if you're listening to this on podcast, get on over to the YouTube. As you can see, these are the cards that we are talking about. They are beautiful. Like I really, really do like just the simple design. I love the fact that they're silvers. Type Y for yes, type in for no if you are loving uh, these rookie premiers. And Andy, uh, one guy that I wanted to talk about uh, is uh, Zay Flowers. Are you a Zay Flowers guy? Oh, big time. I've actually got one of those sitting in my in my mail that I haven't opened yet that I bought for 25 uh, that's an easy flip. I am also very interested in, and th this is my favorite cards for rookies that are printed in it, but then for uh, a bigger checklist and other rookies, like I like Michael Wilson too. Um, and oh. you got to look at 2023 legacy. 2023 legacy is I think the second best set that's out right now that have, has Chrome finished cards. Like score is cool because you get a ton of cards in the, out of their boxes. You, you get 400 cards from one of their boxes. Uh, and, you know, it's okay, but it's base paper cardstock. You're not getting the same chrome finish as you are from Legacy. And then Legacy also has some interesting 
pro uniform RPAs out. The futures that you can see um, are a nice RPA. They also have a couple other ones that have just uh, really nice, like cracked ice designs, gold prism designs um, with like big rookie text. And, and even sometimes, even if it has the college uniform on the front, there's still the pro uh, logo on the back. And you can find these cards for Zay Flowers. I mean, they're still going to be $50 and up for an RPA out of that set. I mean, they're not, they're not cheap for sure. Let's talk some DTR real quick. He's a guy that uh, Chad is bringing up in the chat right now. Um, obviously that hall of fame game performance DTR, I believe was my play of the week uh, a few weeks ago. I think this card right here, Andy, this first auto was going for like 20, 25. It's up to 45 here. Um, it is interesting, you know, just these preseason Hall of Fame uh, game performances. Uh, the DTR hype is, is 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 real, even though he has no chance of really playing at all this year. Man, but when you wa- when you watch him play, you can tell that he's got a hunger inside of him. You know, he's like really eager to be out there. He's also going the extra mile, putting in the extra effort each play to try and extend plays, to try and get additional yards, whereas – Kellen Mond takes a take takes a snap and it's very almost robotic. You don't see that same level of passion. And, and he's also um, he's also people have been burned by him before. You know, he popped off in the preseason last year and his card spiked. So it's like this time with DTR being a rookie, also with the the rushing upside and the fact he does display this higher level of passion and apparent work ethic. Carter, that goes a long ways, that dog mentality, as some guys like to call it. Yeah, um, I was a big DTR fan in college, multiple years of starters experience, played for an NFL coach and Chip Kelly. Um, But, yeah, it's it's very interesting seeing uh, what he's been able to do. Now, let's go to some of the questions here, Andy. Um, Once again, we're live every Tuesday, 1.30 Central. You can listen to this. We try and make it as listenable even if you're not live but let's go to andrew perry here perry collectibles one of our sharpest viewers do you think these rookie premiere cards will hold value long term when other products come out andy your prediction on that i 100 i believe in this and it's because they are vetted by prominent hobbyist car dealers that got invited to that rookie premiere event in la so they know um how how precious these are and i think that's why you see there there's hardly any listed on ebay because a lot of these people that went to the event are not are not selling these right now they're holding them uh because probably either they a they want to collect them or b they think they're going to be a lot more valuable down the road i think they're going to do great long term uh you've got pro uniform you've got rated rookie logo you've got a silver prism or optic hollow finish on it and uh it's you know it's it's been vetted by these uh, prominent hobbyists and, and card shop owners that went to this event. Yeah, I am a big fan of anything refractor, especially if it is just a silver refractor, hollow refractor, whatever you want to call it. I love it. I I, I do like the rookie premier cards. Um, also, it's going to be interesting now that these cards are out. One thing uh, I think you'll cover, Andy, on your more personal videos. How will the Bowman U first cards compare to the uh, rookie premier cards? And I think that price disparity, if there is one, is going to be very interesting as well moving forward. 
Yeah, there's definitely going to be a price disparity there. I, I, it's not, you know, Bowman U first is somewhere between Leaf and the Panini Pro Uniform products. You could probably put it around the same as a Draft Picks product. So we just had right. Select Draft Picks come out. That is uh, pretty popular. I think when you look at Select Draft Picks and you look at Bowman University first, you kind of have a common denominator in the cards you want to target. You want to target the popular case hits, uh, short print parallels, uh, serial serial numbered cards, and and rookie autos. And you know, like for example, if you look at a Bowman University first uh, lava refractor that is also autoed and numbered out of forty nine or nine ninety ninety nine or whatever it is, that card is going to do pretty much just as well as a, as a similar um, draft picks auto card with a, a similar scarcity out of select or out of prism draft picks that comes out at the end of august it's not going to do as well as a pro uniform card it's not going to do as well as a legacy pro uniform card um, that has the same scarcity to it but it's still going to sell people are going to buy it uh, it's going to have good long-term value it's just you know you gotta you gotta comp it a probably the a somewhere carter between around 50% of what the comps are for a like a pro uniform card. Yeah. Um, let's get to a few more questions here. Let's go to Family Burliner. Early season Panini instant cards are legit too. Pro Unis logos, rookie card shield. Not huge dollars, but there's money to be made. Well, uh, and a Panini instant um those are very viable when there's not many cards. Isaiah Pacheco was a, a prime example of this last year. I mean, his Panini Instant cards spike up to 50 to to $100 whenever he broke out because there were no cards of him. Like, you know, I was I was looking at just some uh, 2024 quarterback rankings earlier today and look at a guy like Joe Milton from Tennessee. There's nothing. There's nothing out for, for me to get of him. So if Panini were to print a licensed card, even if it is like a print on demand. So that's what these instants are. They're print on demand, but they only sell them for a little finite window. And based on how many they sold, that's the print run that's typed on the back. And they print that many. So it could be 500. It could be 900. Depends on how popular that player is at the time that they they print the card um, and how many, how many um, sales they make. And it depends on how many they print. And so, you know, those are very viable. They do get lost in the shuffle because they are just a paper cardstock card. Um, and you, if, if, if they go back and then print that rookie player and contenders and national treasures and select and all this stuff by the end of the year, or like I say, end of the year, like a whole year, because they're just now coming out with 2022 national treasures and flawless. So it's going to be a while before all their cards come out. But eventually after they're in, heading into their second season and all their cards are out, those definitely get lost in the shuffle of some of those other premium uh, chrome finished cards and rare cards that are super popular. Let's go to a few more of these. Joshua Forbes, I have a question on grading. There are several grading companies. Is it bad to go with some of the lesser known companies such as Electric? I've never even heard. Have you heard of Electric before? Never today? heard of them. And I, I look at uh, – I get ads for every new grading company, right? I know everybody wants PSA or BCG. Uh, I, I think you mean uh, Beckett uh, there. So, yeah, obviously, 
I prefer my cards in a PSA slab. I do, but it's not the be all end all for me. I, I like SGC. Uh, I like BGS. I like any slab company, to be honest with you. I think the concept of everything needing to be in a PSA slab is a little overvalued, but Andy, we've been doing the show for years now. It's PSA and that's what people want. So ultimately it's better to just send your cards there and obviously that gets into what you want to pay and do you want to express it? Is it even is that card even worth being put in a PSA slab? So Andy, has your taste towards any grading company changed recently? Man, the market really dictates the the values of different slabs or different grades of different slabs, just the the slab meaning just the the, the graded card in that case. Um, so like if the if uh, uh, for example a brock purdy base prism psa 10 sells for about 80 to 80 to 100 dollars right now well the sgc 10 on average sells for about 50 dollars in auction um and buy now so you know i see 65 50 dollars so you know right right off the bat you have a set like a, a discount you gotta you gotta take 25 percent off of psa 10 when you're valuing a sgc 10 and in a lot of situations i i do think the sgc 10 makes sense to buy in that situation um but if i was like grading my raw cards i'm gonna want to get the most for my card so i tend to stick with psa because they just still it's they have the highest average resale value it's also gives me a, uh, the best chance of probably getting a 10. And that's really important. Like if I don't get a 10, then chances are, I'm not going to have a decent ROI. Uh, and then, and then it's got to have a lot of collection value to me just to get it in a slab, you know, just to protect it. Uh, in which case then my options are open, right? I, I could go to whichever one I think has the best looking slabs in, in that situation and, and just get it protected and slabbed up. But um, you definitely, if you're considering the resale value of your card, you, you stick with the four major ones, really, and and that's dictated by the market. That's PSA, BGS, CGC now, and SGC. Yeah, and SGC Vintage, as Lightstick points out here, um, I I I just I I believe in SGC. I like their slabs even for modern stuff, but mostly mostly PSA. Uh, is the way to go. Now, it is interesting. I, I saw a first-timer uh, ask a question about Patrick Mahomes' cards. Uh, I believe it was Tristan Pelez. I, I, I am interested. Does anyone in here actually collect Patrick Mahomes? I know we have some Kansas City viewers in here right now. Um, I, I'm curious, Andy, do you have any what I would consider a higher-end Patrick Mahomes card in your collection? No, no, I think we and Patrick Mahomes is such an interesting player to study in the card market because um, for the most part, his cards have hit a ceiling and it's it's actually a, a great card to study because you get to look at what the ceiling is. Uh, so 2017 draft class when Panini did some weird stuff and they printed the rookies silver out of the packs uh, for whatever reason, they didn't even do this in basketball or baseball. It, this is just a football thing. Uh, to where the rookies in 2016 2017 were all printed as silver prisms coming out of the pack and then when they put the auto on it they took the rc shield off and they did this for several sets um and you look at patrick mahomes uh base prism which is silver like i said uh, psa 10 that's a four thousand dollar card it's really not 
it got up to like 4,500 during the Super Bowl. Like there was like a little bit higher transactions, but that's really the ceiling for that card in our market. Like, and it's a lot because Deshaun Watson yeah. one only goes for 350. You know, the Cooper Cup Christian McCaffrey ones only go for a couple hundred. So I get it. You know, he's got multiple rings now. He's well on his way to to being a Hall of Famer. He's like pretty much a lock. We know he's the new age Hall of Famer. But I mean, you look at his cards and they're they're at a ceiling. Like that's the ceiling. He can't he can't get higher than Patrick Mahomes when you talk about the the scarce the scarcity combined with his average resale value. Uh, Mark, we'll get to your Van Jefferson question, but I do want to, you know, go to this uh, comment right here by Dav. I don't know if it's him trolling or not. Uh, just want to take all of my cards and burn them. So sick of hearing about cards, sick of looking at cards. Just a big waste of time. Uh, I, I number one, you, you don't have to listen to the show <laughs> if, it, if it is a waste of time. But I will also say this. Cards can get like that, right? The first day of the National, I was sick of cards, sick of them. I couldn't get anything to move so I can have more money to you know, trade into something bigger than I want. And there are times when you look at them, you're like, God, I just have so many cards and you're sitting around and I wish they were just all gone. Um, I, I, I have felt like that. A time or two, but ultimately I just keep coming back. So, Dav, I, I hope uh, you find peace. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, unless you wanted to comment on that, Andy, have you ever felt like, oh my God, I have too many of these cards? Uh, no, I, I mean <laughs> when it comes to like the legwork to put in to uh, list them. Uh, but no, I mean if something's making you you sick, man, you you got to go get your mind right. I mean, you right. take care of yourself. And your family first and foremost. Um, but I mean, it's just like, you know, okay, if I were to do uh, 20, 30 fantasy drafts in a day, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done for the day. Right. I'm done for the day. But, you know, tomorrow and I get I get excited again, man. I get excited. I want to I want to see what's out there. I also want to get things moving. Um, I want to collect new cards. Um, I like making deals. Uh, to both buy and sell the same way I like making deals in my dynasty league, the same way I like doing new best ball drafts on underdog. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. And that's, you got to have fun, man. Right. And Dav, I will pay for the shipping. Just send me your cards. I'll happily take them. Um, so there you go. Mark's got a, uh, a, a few good questions. We always want to make first timers feel welcome. Is Van Jefferson a breakout play with the Feeble Cooper Cup? I think Van could have some high-volume games. But I think this next question is more general and better. Looking to veer off and buy and sell on Instagram. Best advice, do's and don'ts, how to handle payment and shipment times. Okay. Um, I've never sold a card on Instagram. I know people that do. But the first thing with Instagram and selling cards, you, you kind of need a following. I think it's a little bit easier to get in the Facebook groups and move stuff uh, because the following is in the group, right? If you're in a buy-sell thread on Facebook or, or Twitter, it's a little bit harder on Instagram. And I know a lot of people do make money doing story sales. But let's just say, Mark, you do have a following or let's just say you are making a sale. Um, number one, obviously – no matter the platform, take good photos and all that good stuff. And number two, 
Um, do not do friends and families with, with strangers. Now, I could do friends and family with Andy. I did friends and family with another viewer of the channel, but I know that viewer. Okay. Even if it's somebody on here that you're seeing chat and all that stuff, always do goods and services. It just protects you, especially if it is a higher end card. But I think on Instagram, Andy, I, I know you're not big on Instagram. Um, it's important to build. Um, it's important to build your community on IG before. Um, before you do anything else and chad right here andy with the follow-up if you sell on instagram prepare to spend 10 percent of your profit on boosting your content and what it means by that is just advertising basically you you give instagram uh, a a little uh, some extra money to send your products out to more people okay uh so there you go. Andy, your thoughts, not necessarily on Instagram, because I know it's not a platform you're on a lot, but just your thoughts on selling platforms as a whole. Hey, the, I will tell you this, Carter. They clearly reward activity, daily activity. Um, and the same thing is true with eBay. And uh, this is a very interesting comment from Chad, because most guys do promote their listings on eBay. And I've seen quantitative data you can actually go into your eBay insights and they'll show you the impressions, the click through rates, uh, how many eyeballs your listings were exposed to. And so just like Instagram, they reward the guys that are promoting, of course, and you pay extra for that. But they're rewarding guys just generally uh, that post regularly. And, and if you start building up this regular uh, posting system. So even myself, I've been a lot more active on Instagram um, okay. and. Yeah, and I've already I've had a guy that's that's reached out to me now that wants to buy some of my cards that I'm posting. And so I would just tell you the same thing, just like just post, just post a card every day and just build that that um, network and communication uh, pathway with yourself and everybody else that's out there. If you want to do like a small promotion, then you do that. But I would say just post regularly um, and and talk and engage with people and it'll slowly grow and they're going to put you your you out in the algorithm more and more um to where you get more people now reaching back out to you and then you got to have a uh some type of vouch post whether it's you know vouch for me um am i legit um to where people can openly comment and say yes i've done a deal with you and you you can build this you know reputation um, and then goods and services is a must. Even still at that point, you still want to do goods and services outside of eBay and whatever, you know, like Com C if you're using Com C, um, because you got to have that buyer's protection. That buyer's protection is critical because unfortunately, there are some people out there that will go to the extent of befriending you for weeks on, on in only to eventually scam you for friends and family deals. So that's like a a red flag and unfortunately it's a big uh, industry and market so that stuff does happen so it's buyer's protection is really important on these um social media platforms outside of ebay yeah um if anyone knows anybody at whatnot obviously uh i i would love to get on that platform i've never looked at it but i feel like uh we could sell a lot of football card quest stuff on there we saw a lot of whatnot 
you know, stuff uh, just in general. Uh, but Mark follows up here. So what do you guys use as your second to eBay then? Facebook, I'm already on whatnot in Mercari. Um, Facebook, yeah, you can make some sales in Facebook groups, especially if you get into a card group that is specific to a certain area. So I'm in some Louisiana card groups, and it is easy um, to sell LSU cards in a Louisiana card group, right? But ultimately, I do most of my sales on eBay and just in person. I, I, I would put it like this. I would go back and listen to our last week's show at the National because we had some rude awakenings of what cards actually move at shows and which cards move better at uh, on eBay. And you will learn a lot about what we experience going to the biggest card show on the planet. But Andy, I, I am still a big eBay guy. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense because you get the you get the most amount of eyeballs. It's what the platform's designed for. You know, I I like to look at the um, DC Sports eighty seven auctions now on that end on Monday night. Like if I've got a serious card, like I might send this uh, Zay Flowers rookie premier hollow to them when he breaks out here at the beginning of the season. Like I'm gonna wait till because this guy's the real deal. I'm gonna wait till like week one ended uh, opening opening game opening weekend i wouldn't be surprised if, if that on dc sports 87 with how much they are pumped out there in the algorithm that card goes for like 150 dollars or something crazy so it'll be interesting to run some experiments like that because man you just you get so many eyeballs on ebay and that's the important thing the more people you can reach the you know the the they're they're gonna re, you know the the percentage is gonna reach back out to you whatever the conversion rate is you know if it's uh, if it was 5% or 10% of people that actually click on a certain card or look at a certain card want to buy it, uh, then, you know, that's just going to be expanded with, with the reach of eBay. Yeah, Hector, I'm interested in this. I hashtag my card with player name so it gets wider player fan audience. Is that on what platform? Is that on Instagram or eBay or Facebook? I, I normally do it on all of them. I'll put a hashtag player name in uh, in, in pretty much uh, every single one of them. Let's go to Bush Leaguers 75. He said he has been selling on eBay for 16 years for a living, for a living. And he says he refuses to do promoted listings. I've never done a promoted listing. I'm of the belief of – if the card is liquid enough and desirable enough, people will go out and find it, and people will have the safe search. And if you list it correctly and you take more than two seconds to properly list a description, it'll get out there, okay? And I understand. I, I want to be fully clear here. I get no money from eBay to, to say that I like them, but – it is a lot easier when you have a liquid card and you just need to move it to 99 cent and let it ride on a Sunday night at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. That's always worked well for me. Yes, I could I get more with a buy now? Sure, yeah, I've made sales of buy nows. But, Andy, if you have a liquid card, yes, it is 
true, you're not going to get the absolute most, but you could, right? Because the algorithm picks up, you get more watchers if you 99 cent and, and let it ride. And I, I still think that's a viable strategy. Do you agree or disagree with that? Agree, man. It's exciting to see we got some serious eBay OGs in the in the house uh, too, man. Hector's been on eBay since '98. Bush League 16 years. I know Ch Chad is uh, money on eBay. Uh, so no, we're it's it's great to have you guys on the quest with us, and I t I totally agree with that, Carter. And it's man, it's it's super interesting because there's a difference between a liquid card and let's just use for example um let's say a drew Brees game worn patch that's serial numbered out of 25. there's a difference between that kind of liquid uh something that's very finite very rare and then like if you're flipping jamar chase and say you have an optic hollow jamar chase which is one of four thousand different rookie cards yeah it sells but that's when two percent promotion will help your card stand out $5 right. over comps in the sea of, of 4,000 different Jamar Chase cards. It's still liquid, but it's liquid at at a uh, much lower resale value. And it, it it's one of many, many, many cards that he has. Uh, so there's a big difference in, in uh, liquidity when it comes to cards. Uh, let's go to Tuckleberry Finn. I love that name. Huckleberry Finn. I was uh, in a Huckleberry Finn play when I was little. Uh, what is it? Tuckle, you see Tuckleberry Finn? Uh, Car Carter, what would you classify as a liquid card? Um, it's it, it could be a lot of different things, honestly. I will say what is liquid at a card show, a live card show, is a lot different than what can be liquid on eBay. But liquidity oftentimes comes down to the player and sometimes even more importantly the set right people don't want phoenix i like phoenix don't love it i love leaf i do i've chatted with leaf on instagram uh i i really love leaf products it is not the most liquid card out there it just isn't a liquid card are players that everybody wants joe burrow justin herbert josh allen it is mostly the elite quarterbacks and a few skill guys, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and maybe a few others. That is, simply put, what I would classify as a liquid card on eBay. And you'll, you'll, I mean, I don't know how long you've been in it, Tuckleberry. I've been in it a few years now. It is amazing what people want at shows is, is so different than what people could potentially want on eBay. Um, you know, I, I let go of some of my favorite Justin Jefferson, really rare cards, okay, recently. Um, you know, I'm growing my DJ business. I'm DJing a bunch of different events now. And, you know, as you guys know, the, the speakers and everything like that, it gets expensive. But I knew people would want rare Justin Jefferson stuff. So I, I'd send it on eBay, and, and, it's, and it's worked out. But that Justin Jefferson card, Andy saw me. I had some with me uh in chicago there wasn't a lot of people that wanted those right but i did see a 16 year old kid sell a justin jefferson six thousand dollar card right in front of me i still talk to this kid on instagram very sharp guy and that's because it was a national treasures on card auto 
with a patch and it was numbered. That is a liquid card at a show. So hopefully that cleared things up for you, Tuckleberry. But the truth is, you personally, whoever you are watching this right now, you might like Phoenix. You might like some of these other brands or sets. But Optic, Prism, Select to a certain extent, that's what moves uh, National Treasures, all that stuff. That's what really moves people at shows and on eBay. It does. It does, and it's like there there could be a Leaf Devonta Smith card out there. People aren't going to let a uh, a Leaf Auto Devonta Smith rookie that's let's say numbered out of ten because a lot of their cards have very low serial numbers. They're not going to let that go for ten fifteen dollars. It may go right. for twenty five to thirty five dollars, but there's still going to be bids on that card in an auction. They're not going to let it go too far under market value. But his Pro Uniform Rookie Ticket Auto. Also very liquid. Well, that card's going to go for a hundred to you know one hundred fifty. And then if you go and you look at um, so like you you talk about the National Treasures Justin Jefferson. But if I was if I was so that's Devonta Smith and Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase those guys. But if I was to say speculate on Michael Wilson, who's an up, upcoming wide receiver right now, I'm not even going to look at his Leaf cards because. It's just got to be incredibly cheap, incredibly rare be, to, to really make it viable because I'm speculating already on him so much that he's basically free in all formats. Um, I can get one of his recent brand new like pro uniform rookie patch auto card that's pretty rare for like 25, 30 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's, it's a totally different target than in depending on the player. Uh Let's go to Rick Dickow. I like that name, Rick Dickow. <laughs> Reliquidity. How about low price cards? Less than $5. Yes, there are some of those if you find them uh, in, in, in a box uh, or if you do the dollar box sale. Um, the likelihood of that is relatively low. But if you do find, uh, like for instance, uh, Last summer, I kicked myself. There was a bunch of Zay Jones rookie ticket autos going for 99 cents on eBay. That should have been an obvious buy. I should have just bought them. But I was like, yeah, I don't want it. It's Zay Jones. But he's with an elite quarterback, and we saw him produce some. He could have, you know, spike weeks with all uh, – Trevor's a really good quarterback. Um, but, yes, you know, you, you can find liquid cards of – players that could have a spike week, but the likelihood of finding like the elite, elite Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, a prism for like five bucks is very, very little. But Andy, you, you are the king of the quick flip and finding cards on the cheap. Do you agree with uh, low price cards being liquid? They're liquid, but you know, you put in a lot of legwork for a small amount of return. Um, you could find a, you could pick up a bunch of these. They could be even be second, third year cards. Um, the more elite a player is, the more goat status they are, the more likely I am to buy a one dollar silver prism. Let's say you know Aaron Rodgers um, is a prime example right now that you could find in a dollar box, potentially a veteran card that you could flip for a couple dollars. Somebody's going to buy that from you for $5. You dress it up, put it on eBay. And this could be said with a lot of, of current elite players, uh, not just rookie, but veterans too. And yeah, but it's a lot of legwork 
to buy all those cards for a dollar and then list them individually for three to five dollars when you could make one 30 to 50 dollar purchase and turn around and flip that for 100 to 150. Uh, let's go to chad man man dude the Bengals tiger stripe white dri white stripe jerseys man i i go to sleep with nightmares uh not having that jamar chase field level zebra print card you know exactly what i'm talking about andy it's so beautiful let's go to late stick i send low value cards to t to cmc send them and forget it andy your thoughts heck yeah man that's i think that's the way to go send them some type of uh consignment or like com c love them because they are basically a big vault and consignment and um you can they give you the ability to electronically buy and then turn around and flip that card immediately uh, and they have that integration with eBay. So they're getting all the eyeballs as well. They've been around forever. Um, you know, you just, I, I like that because I can send them a whole box of cards and it's much quicker for me to just log a card um, in a quick sheet, like a Excel sheet, Google sheet uh, for ComC and send them all to them versus having to take a picture, those descriptors on eBay, going through each one of those. If you don't get a good sold listing right, take a long time. But you get them, you get them all to come see much quicker. They do the pictures, they put them, put the information out there, and then you can just go and set your prices. Uh, and it, it's they they let you they have their inventory manager is much easier to use. So if you got a bunch of cards like this, it makes perfect sense, man. Uh, and and that that's actually more way more appetizing to me uh, because I could go to like a show or Beckett marketplace, another great resource. And this is still a very viable strategy. You can buy more base cards, rookies, elite players, veteran cards at bulk, turn around and put them on a, a platform like COMC. And now all of a sudden you can, if, if it's a card that's not in the COMC supply or the eBay supply, but it's in this other marketplace, whether it's a show or Beckett marketplace or whatever, then you can uh, move those into this new ecosystem, kind of control that supply and make a nice profit that way. Hector, I, I swear I didn't see Hector's comment, but I actually Googled to see if this was still up. Starstock, RIP. Uh, man, Starstock was, was good to me, man. Oh, man. You could go on there today and somebody yeah. bought something. It's still a website, but the thing is they get like, you know, 10 clicks a day now 10 people like going to the website compared to the millions going to ebay you know these hundreds of thousands that are going to ebay today and that's the big difference man and they never evolved with the market they never wanted to take actual scans of their card and and uh integrate you gotta gotta integrate with whoever's getting the eyeballs and they they had a good run because they got a lot of uh hobby backing in the beginning and and then they didn't evolve and they fizzled out man let's go to luis ramos i believe this first time i've ever seen luis comment on one of our streams have you ever seen Luis before on your show uh any of your shows andy i can't say that i have yeah welcome Luis. looks like he's working out in the picture man I, i'm liking it there you go gotta get that pump man ebay has not yeah. has no sales tax in their vault until the end of the year uh 
and Hector follows up here. eBay Vault sounds good for high value slabs. They're waiving seller fees till the end of the year. Very interesting. So for a higher end, a vault essentially means, and Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, you never actually get the card. They just get it sent to the eBay vault and uh, they handle everything. Yeah, legit. Their they're secured facility. I'm hoping that they maintain a legitimate security. I'm sure they, they do. They have to, uh, you know, for insurance reasons and stuff. Um, but that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's a secure warehouse that's, you know, supposed to be climate controlled, supposed to be very finely cataloged. Um, if you ever like go on, I think, I don't know if ComC's done it, but go look at like Burbank sports cards. They take you behind the scenes of their, uh, their warehouse. And I, I imagine it's something similar to that at these other vaults, maybe a little bit more uh, high end for, for eBay. Um, and they're trying to gain traction. Like eBay is at the shows. eBay is trying to gain traction on these things like the vault. They see the type of um, money that ComC makes, for example. You know, they do, ComC does charge a small, it's just pennies per card, uh, a maintenance fee per month to keep the card in there, but it's, it's just pennies. So it's like the accumulative um income from that is great and 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 then they also charge you 10 percent when you go to actually cash your money out so there's overhead there uh it's just another option to utilize at um at your leisure let's go to perry he said he bought a card for 850 and sold it for 1300 a few weeks later good job perry chad believes in the vault bush leaguer 75 says f the vault give it three years there will be horror stories about the vault. Ugh. Andy, do you, do you have any cards vaulted other than like high end cards vaulted? Um, COMC, I, I probably have like $500 in inventory on there. Nothing high end, but I do think they're a good platform to buy high end cards with the visibility they get on eBay. Um, I think you can target a all different tiers on ComC. In fact, I've actually had my best success in that higher end um, category. So I, I would actually, I would, I would not, I would not just focus on one sector of uh, COMC. Um, I would aim because, like for example, us us knowing that we want to target for a higher uh, return, it, like rare cards. I filter on COMC by print run. They have filters where you can go in there and, and select print run, suggested retail price, uh, availability. And like I search, I filter all my search results that way. So any player I look into, I want to see what their rarest, most inexpensive card is of that player that they have. And I'll go from there uh, a lot of times. Uh, put up uh Rick Dickow's comment, base cards value less than five namers for, for big names, but those cards sit on sale for eBay forever, even if they're at their lowest, lowest price equals illiquid. Okay. We're sending one or $2 cards to ComC. He says, I heard no, Andy. It, it just depends. Like um, I use a primary example, 2006 Bowman Chrome Drew Brees is a first year Saints uniform cards, veteran card. You know, his rookie year was 2001. You could buy those cards out of dollar bins 
all day long and then go and sell them for five to six dollars on comp c so if you do that in like quantities of 10 to 12 that's where it's like yeah why not you know um so but i'm not i wouldn't recommend going to get like a 2021 base prism dak prescott like you know he's decent player quarterback big market team everything but it's a veteran card it's a base card I, I wouldn't I wouldn't waste your time buying those for a dollar, uh, trying to sell those for two to three dollars because he's got plenty of rookie cards out there. He's got plenty of second year cards out there and, and uh, really rare cards you can get that. It's just I don't I don't ever see those generating enough demand for it to be worth your time. And that could be said for a lot of second, third year players that have just had rookie product in 2020. Um, so in that situation, you know, all those cards are just commons that you rip out of uh, your score blasters, your legacies, whatever, uh, chronicles, and you just sell them in bulk, man, if you can, or just give them away. Set, include them with eBay listings that you sell. Put, put some in there. You know, give them to the kids. You know, let them, you know, those are just cards like donate. Right. Uh, we'll get to um. No, 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 Rick. You're, we're 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 getting to the, the the bottom of it. Like, if you have a base card less than five dollars, it's just hard to sell. If it's just somebody that's like not some like Clyde Edwards Alaire or someone like that. Like, obviously, I like to buy Clyde Edwards Alaire because I'm an LSU fan. But most people are just kind of out on that. So it just depends. Like, if it's a bunch of like base score cards, unless they're rookies or rare, it's just hard to move just that type of stuff because it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't get anything. Now, if you were to go on, Andy. And, and go to Com C. I mean, if they've got 20 of those cards and they'll give you the sales volume, like right, right on there in any card, they'll right. show you how many sold in the last quarter, how many is currently listed on there. If there's 20 listed on there and they've only had 10 sales in the past quarter is not a card that's probably going to be worth your time submitting to them. Um, and then, you know, knowing what you know about rookie versus veteran and, and the players just like, and, you, you you go to TCDB Trading Card Database and you find right. out that this player's got like five thousand different cards uh, from 2020. Then you're like, okay, I'm really gonna have to go and make sure that this is a rare card before like actually making it worthwhile to send into COMC to to pay their vault fee to pay uh, their overhead to sell the card versus just put in a donate pile. Um. It's 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 crazy. He says, "Donate the cards you paid 150 a hobby box for." Hope my clean. Oh, okay. Well, actually, uh, I think the 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 cards. I've already given a good bit of those out. I found some kids in the airport, and uh, I gave those out. And the neighborhood kids uh, have most of those cards that uh, that you ripped. And I think that's what he's referencing here. Let's get to. Um, a few others here, Rick. We really appreciate you. Let's go to Family Burliner. Is it cool to haggle price at card shops? Can't be cutthroat, but if you operate in good faith, do you think it's copacetic? Oh, you're using the big words here. <laughs> Andy, your your thoughts on negotiating at card shops? 
Yes. I, it's a must. It's a must, and I think a lot of them expect it. It's pretty much one of those things that if if I put myself in their shoes, I would expect it uh, from any decent negotiator. I would expect them to make me an offer, understanding that, uh, you know, I set the prices in the shop, you know. So it's like everything is negotiable, and it, it, you never know what type of buying mood that that shop owner is in that day. Uh, you know, so you got to make an offer and the worst case scenario is they just say no. I mean, if they get upset, it's like, well, okay, then, uh, then it is what it is. And you, you know, you have to buy at face value or, um, or leave. And so I think you always, you know, make an offer once you get to know the seller and, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta make an offer. You gotta make an offer because a lot of times they're just going to say, yeah, okay. If you make them a good offer, um, give you a little discount. Yeah, I so this box right here, Rick, is just a bunch of commons, right? So I understand if I took the time to list it and I 99 cent it and let it ride, it might just be 99 cents, okay? And guess what? I got to package it so the envelope costs something and the, and the shipping and all of it. Uh, it's not worth the haggle. So – Guess what? I give the cards out. I have a bunch of kids in my neighborhood. Uh, every time they come over to throw the football, uh, I give them a stack for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the kids, they don't know the value of any of the cards. Just give them to them. And uh, I guarantee it will make you feel better. It's better for you than it is for them in, in essence. Um, but also, Bush League makes a good point. You have to be willing to, to, to put the work in. Right. Um, you know, I, I've been listing more on eBay and and doing more 99 cent auctions. And I have seen an uptick just in views on on cards. Uh, platforms like it when you post on them. I do not post a whole lot on Instagram. I've I started a card Instagram. It kept locking me out. Uh, but if I posted more and I was more consistent and I had a card Instagram, it would push more of my story sales. So honestly, Andy, it's kind of like, you know, you and I are both YouTubers. We got to keep posting on these things, right? You got to keep going um, because that's what that's what they want you uh, to, to do. So 100 percent. I you know, honestly, it's it's something I'm doing every day. I'm posting some card related, um, whether it's a card or whether it's I, I go back and forth between strategy and um an actual card that I have, but yeah, I've had guys reaching out to me on there now wanting to pay uh, twice as much for cards that I picked up that I, I bought them for. You never know what somebody else values a card at for their collection. Um, so yeah, it's, you just got to keep going. And, and I think eBay is the same way, Carter. You, I think if you could just list three cards a day or heck even one card a day, you're in such a better spot in their um, in their listing system than if you posted like 10 one day a week or uh, 10 20 every other day a week you know so it's it's it's, it's that is a habit that that 100% will be advantageous Hector, I'm interested in what uh, you, you're saying here like what fanatics is trying to do with LCS rules shops need to be better let me know what you mean by that. We actually talked to a shop owner, uh, uh, me, Late Stick, and Andy uh, did from Rhode Island. 
uh, which was very, very interesting. So uh, that's super cool stuff. Now we do need to move on to hobby tip of the week. Uh, Andy, I'll start. Uh, it's pretty simple. Stay organized. I am not organized. My, I, I mix my Jamar Chase with my Justin Jefferson, with my Joe Burrow cards. If I pack up, go to a show, set up at a show, I just throw everything in. And then I was like, okay, I'll reorganize it later. And then I don't. And now every time I open it, it is just all over the place. So organize, stay organized. Andy, I know you're a very organized person. I am not. And to go along with some of the things that Dad was posting earlier, it started making me hate cards. Like I was like, God, all my cards are scattered everywhere. So organization absolutely is key. Andy, your turn, my man. Yeah, understanding how much exposure you have to certain players is big because if you don't realize that you've got 20 Lamar Jackson cards and you thought you only had five, I mean, you could miss out on a ton of profit, a ton of profit and just like optimization of your collection. There's no sense to have that much exposure unless that's a small number to you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think you have to, I think it's, it's really important to understand like how much exposure you have to each, each player uh that that would be that would be my parlay off of your hobby tip carter sort by players um if you have a physical collection uh, or if you have a vault uh then sort by players on there to get a good idea because that's really the ultimate way of sorting in in today's league uh because you really need to know how much exposure you have to a specific player and whether or not you should liquidate some of that to reinvest and diversify a little bit more. Um, I feel that there's a lot of people that may have too much exposure to uh, maybe, maybe it is quarterbacks. Maybe it is quarterbacks from uh, 2018, 2019, 2020 that could be uh, liquidated a little bit right now and diversified into like 2023 and for the quick flip um in in reference to quick flip because like we don't see spikes um and and valleys as big in like uh an optic psa 10 lamar jackson than we do or even josh allen or you know nick chubb than we do on 2023 jackson smith the jigba right now or 2023 rashi rice or you know these these guys that we're speculating on that are brand new that's coming out in legacy score select draft picks um all these sets that are coming out right now for the brand new rookie class and they're all they're all like going to be big flips people are going to make big flips on these ultra uh, new ultra current um players cards mm. it's, it's very it's, it's a lot higher risk but it's also a lot higher reward. But uh, if you've got if you've got already such a high exposure uh, to some of these other guys, why not take a portion of your bankroll and put it into a very high risk, high reward stock? Uh, I, I think it, it's. I don't. I don't think you want to be too conservative to where you have a hundred percent in uh, you know blue chip stocks. Uh, I think you want to have a small percentage that's being invested in super high risk, but also super high reward. Mm, I love it. Diversify, baby. Uh, I, I will, I will say this though. 
be careful spreading yourself too thin in multiple sports. We touched on this plenty of times before, but always be careful of that. Hector says, my nature is to gamble big. Still finding those tendencies, LOL. Uh, pretty good news. Uh, I was able to get a guest uh, to come on here in a few weeks. Our guy, Heroes for Sale. I will be coming up uh, on here. I forgot to tell you that before, and Andy, he's a really smart guy. Um, he's been in the industry for a long time. Um, now, play of the week. Andy, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I go first. So, in our part, because you gave Clayton Tune last week, if I remember correctly. Have you seen his Brian? You gave Clayton Tune. Say, say that again. Have you seen his prices? It's it's gotten crazy now. It's yeah, but there's dude. I was looking at legacy auctions ending yesterday for Clayton Tune that I posted up that ended for just twenty twenty five dollars on rookie autos. Uh, Clayton Tune. There's so much more that the and and so there, that's kind of what I was talking about. How there's so much new product for a guy like Clayton Tune. My play this week is actually Michael Wilson. Who could potentially emerge as a one, a really good one B receiver in the league? And uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown has not been a bill of health the last couple of years. So, I I think my play this week is Michael Wilson because when I watch that cat, dude, I see Amon Ross St. Brown. I see Amon Ross St. Brown, but a little bit bigger. And I'm looking at this guy's dog mentality that he clearly has, and he reminds me of these guys that break out in the NFL. So I want to not only potentially buy and flip Clayton tune, but also Michael Wilson strictly for the preseason. Like, yeah, who cares if the Cardinals are going to be three and 12 by week 15. I want to speculate on these brand new rookies that could get some time to shine here and people then gravitate towards them as the player for long-term and their prices never really go back after that. But right now, they're still varying wildly because of the unknown and new product hitting shells. And like this breaker over here knows who this guy is. So he's got it listed. Right. But this, this uh, dealer over here really has no clue who these guys are and they're, they're willing to sell them for 10 bucks, you know, that of, of a car that should be a hundred. I'm looking at some of these uh, Clayton tune under the lights. I see what you're saying, but these legacy ones have, I had one that I was looking at that went up to like 70 something. I was like, no, but maybe I could still go get me some, some Clayton tune. I'm going to give you um, someone that I think is very interesting. Mike Williams of the chargers, right? I've seen some of his rookie autos go for like 15, 20 bucks. I think now with QJ there and a better offensive coordinator, I think Mike Williams, it's going to be tough for him to make the pro bowl. But I think this could be his year. Right now, he's been in the league for, what, like six, seven, eight years now? Uh, and he's never made a Pro Bowl. So he doesn't have a whole lot of juice left in the tank. And he's been very hurt. But I think this could be a massive, massive, massive year uh, for him. And I think the L.A. market and people wanting the Chargers to finally break through, if they do – Mike Williams will probably have a big year. I think Keenan is a little toast. I really do. I mean, do you think Keenan still has some juice left in the tank? I think he's got about the same as Mike Williams. <laughs> I feel like I've got the same percentage chance of success 
with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And I'm out on Quentin Johnson, man, after researching more uh, around him and studying him on reception perception, uh, going looking at his college analytics. He's not that good. He's oh, not you're, that good. You're at out all. on QJ already? I'm I'm out on QJ already, man. Already? Yeah, and I think you, there's not a lot of people that are on him. His prices are probably one of the cheapest uh, rookie wide receivers and out of the group. And, I mean, dude. Oh, I, I don't think QJ – already, already. I never – I did not realize – how many defensive backs like tripped over their own feet, uh, miraculously fell over out of out of Quentin Johnson's way in college? Like it's it's crazy the uh, the data that is retrieved from the guys that have studied all of his film. He's not that good. Mm. Dang. And people and and pretty much the 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 uh, an expert analysis community is is blown away with uh, how early the Chargers drafted him. It's another situation like, you know, J.J. Arcega Whiteside being drafted over D.K. Metcalf or Jalen Rager being drafted in front of Justin Jefferson. They're just they get they get they get clouded by. Um, certain statistic it's you either have an analytics you have an analytics scouting department or you've got a, a film study scouting department and sometimes some teams i think they just totally forget about one or the other like they just look at the analytics and forget about the film or they just look at the film forget about the analytics and they end up making some bonehead decisions i can't believe you're already out on qj he is in the perfect. That's pretty bad, right? He hasn't even started no, the rookie no, season look, yet. Look, he is, he is, um, he is in the perfect situation, right? With a quarterback who fits his skill set, right? I do agree his hands were inconsistent at TCU, and I don't think he is like you look at him and you think he's like a jump ball receiver. Uh, it's not his best trait. Right. But I just think athletically he is going to succeed. I do. Right. Um, I, I, I still think Jackson Smith and Jigba is special. Um, I, I, I do. I do. Um, now it's going to be hard being the number three guy in that offense, but I think he is going to be so unquestionably good in the slot that he is just going to cook. Now, I don't know if Mr. T is still in here, a resident Seahawk expert. But I think JSN is Himothy. Gino, <laughs> I love JSN, and I think it's. I think for Seattle, for me, it all goes back to Gino with how rare his rookie cards are, and how the defense got better, the offense is better. This is not the run-heavy uh, Pete Carroll like Russell Wilson offense. That Gino is going to light it up this year, Carter, with the probably the best like three wide receivers in the league at this point when you put all three of those guys together i mean tyler lockett still looks really good too it, it's going to be nuts how many passing touchdowns geno smith has this year and i think he could be put i mean i wouldn't be opposed to betting um for him 
for MVP. If it wasn't for Jalen Hurts, I think Jalen Hurts is my number one MVP play this year. Geno Smith is probably my second. Oh, like odds, not like you expect this guy to win because it should be Patrick Mahomes every year. Um, yeah, but he won it last year, so the odds of him winning it again oh, okay. this year with how the judges are Joe Buck and all the, you know, Boomer and like all the, the sports analysts uh, and broadcasters, they're going to – I think it, it's likely with the strength of schedule. So this is what's interesting, Carter. The Eagles play the Chiefs in week 11 on Monday Night Football, and it's that could be the defining matchup of the season to say, hey, it's Mahomes again or it's Hurts this year. I think those are the two front runners for MVP, if you ask me. I'm mean, obviously Joe Burrow. I don't want to – I don't want him any slide against Joe Burrow, and he's only a little calf strain. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. It's like, can't forget about this guy. But, uh, you know, I think I think me just like my vibes are that it's Jalen Hurts, but I like Geno Smith in that category because I think Geno Smith is, is uh, after – if he plays like he did last year, they only got better. They only got better. So uh, it could be even better for him this year. Yeah, we see a few Sky Moore uh, chats in there. Just understand that his stuff is still really high. So if you were to go get one of his rare rookie ticket autos, I just did a quick check on it. I think you're going to be paying at least a hundo for it. Always understand when it comes to Kansas City, you are paying a Chiefs tax. That's something that they call it in fantasy, <laughs> right? You, you, you're, you're. Part of being with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is already baked into the price, so uh, it, it's 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 tough. It's really 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 tough. Um, so there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll take a few more before we get out of here, Andy Frederick. Um, let's see. I'll let you pick the next one. I'm. Uh, you, you, we got it. I just, I, I love this MVP conversation. The fact that Justin Fields is potentially the most bet on player to win MVP is pretty wild. I, I think that that goes. It's gonna if if that's the case, a lot of that's gonna be put on his legs. And yeah, DJ Moore is incredible. But I just, I don't know that the 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 scheming. I don't know that the offensive coaching and play calling is there this year and just the second year with them. Uh, to, for him to be MVP, it's it's possible. There's a pathway, just like there's a pathway for Lamar Jackson. There's a pathway for Aaron Rodgers. There's a pathway for all these. Uh, there's there's a pathway for Justin Herbert. There's a pathway for Josh Allen. There's a pathway for at least like ten to fifteen guys to win MVP this year. Uh, but I mean, only one guy can win it. Only one guy can win it. <laughs> Uh, so Fields, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I had him as my number one quarterback over Trevor Lawrence coming out of uh, college and, you know, with Chicago, obviously Trevor's better right now, but with Chicago, the good thing about Fields is he, um, there's just so much potential. Chicago's never had an elite quarterback, never like they had Jim McMahon, and I get it, but he wasn't the biggest star on that team. It was Fridge, right, and Mike Ditka. So if Fields goes off in that market, watch the frick out. Huh? Huh? Uh, 
Um, is Caleb Williams really the next Mahomes? He looks like a faster version of Patrick Mahomes. I, mean, I think that's what everybody <laughs> obviously would be a best case scenario um, uh, comp for him. I haven't studied enough of Caleb Williams' film to to get a vibe on Patrick Mahomes. Can he do passes behind his back? Can he can he make sidearm throws thirty yards down the field while horizontal in the air? Um, I don't know. I haven't studied him enough to know kind of like no. what his what his playing style is. He's really good. What, what about you, Carter? No, no, he's really good in terms of talent. He is right there. The issue is he is not going to be drafted to Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Okay, it's just not what's going to happen. And Tyreek Hill. Now, let's not forget about him. Huh? Huh? So, um, so yeah, if he goes to the to the Cardinals, I mean, who's he going to throw to, right? Um, but yeah, it's Michael Wilson, baby. Michael Wilson, hey, your guy. Uh, this is a real deal, man. So there you go. Now, um, we'll, uh, we'll 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 see you guys next Tuesday. Andy, what's on the docket this week for the card quest? Because I know you're getting better. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely getting better. I um, I've got drafts I want to do. I've got a uh, a dynasty draft coming up this Sunday. I've got so many cards to get listed. Um, so I got a listing video coming out, like cards to prioritize selling now. Um, and you know, I've got tidbits written down for every team in the NFL from training camp heading into preseason. So ultimately that combined with the, uh, various tiers of their cards and what their prices are at and who's buying and selling the best, um, We've got a lot of work to do this week, guys, and I'm excited to get after it. Yeah, uh, I like what I like what Hector says. Raiders better lose all games. Uh, could you imagine a division with Caleb Williams, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes in it? That would be absolutely insane. Uh, Andy needs to lick more cards to build them antibodies. There you go, Andy. That's what you got to do, man. Um, so. Bush Leaguer says we need to do a Quest Fantasy Football League. Man, that would be very competitive. We've done one. We've done one on uh, Sleeper before. We've got a couple. We've got um, – I, I do these Bush Leaguers. Hop in the Discord and message me in there. You get the Discord through Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash football cards. We've got – Two dynasty leagues going right now. They're they're mid buying. I think we do fifty dollars per per uh, league per season. I do uh, free leagues where I put up some of my own cards, and if you win that league, I give them away. We've got those drafts coming up. Uh, we also do a seasonal league, a twelve man league, um, and and I think we're gonna do another one more one more startup dynasty. Well, I'm, I'm not in. I'm not in any of these. I'm not in any dynasty leagues at all. I'm in one. You're with, in the seasonal one. Which one? You're I, in the you're in the seasonal league. Uh, it, it's called Superflex Chrome Seasonal oh, League. I didn't even know I was in a league. Um, <laughs> I also have a rookie ticket auto bowl, and there's one more. Oh, the short print bowl. I got the short print bowl. So we've got multiple leagues. If you want in the dynasty startup league, 
that's for serious fantasy gamers that you know want to take it serious because you're stuck with these players after you do this startup draft unless you cut or trade them and so trading is the primary way of dealing players and getting new players you got to trade so you got to network in the league you got to get be active and uh, be willing to trade potentially draft picks and or players for other draft picks and or players and manage it like a real uh general manager um we're gonna do we're gonna do a startup one here in the next couple weeks carter Mm. All right. Uh, I don't know if I could do it. I'll do it because Derek and I own a dynasty league. Uh, so there you go. Hard Knocks is tonight. Family Burliner. There you go. So here's what I will say about Hard Knocks. Okay. Why would you watch Hard Knocks when you got exclusive coverage of us at the National? So I am linking Andy's vlog right here. So if you want to see the full vlog, if you've not watched it yet, I I really do mean this. Andy almost died the first day I met him. Uh, (laughs) Almost got ran over by a 300-pound guy, and it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. So the link is right there if you want more Football Card Quest content. Uh, Andy's way more interesting than me, so I'm in it as well, though. I made a lot of deals, so uh, there you go. Andy, anything uh, that you want to get off uh, your chest uh, before we get out of here? I act. I just activated my cape. I do YouTube TV. I just activated it for football season because to watch the Hall of Fame game. Because I don't have cable, uh, there's no way for me to get local NBC or I, I also get it for NFL Red Zone though too. So um, yeah, I just activated that. It's just like it's an in-season expense, man. But it's back, baby. I'm so pumped up. <laughs> Uh, good, great show today, Carter. We really dug into some really interesting strategy uh, content today that I hope everybody enjoyed out there. Look forward to getting back into the office by by this time next week, man. I'm right there, brother. Here's the good news, Dan. You could see all the cards I picked up and and potentially sold in that link right there if you want to watch more Card Quest content. All right. Next Tuesday, the show will be back. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.